Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wim is now so famous. He is such a big deal that people look at him as if he's infallible. People just see the profit. If you don't realize your profit's also mad, you're going to end up in trouble. You are on the edge. This is On the Edge with Andrew Gold. Today's episode is with Scott Carney, who you may remember from a few weeks back, he was talking about the meditation cults that kill. He's really into cults and things as a journalist, and he's also taken part in a lot of meditation-y kinds of things, and he's into all that that sort of world that is, is very distant from me but has given a lot of people a lot of happiness and hope and helped them i'm talking about breath work and breathing and meditation and all that stuff but he is also you know he is the person apparently who broke the story about wim hof like in the first place wim hof is a very famous um breath work and ice man who is known for being underwater freezing water for you know ridiculous amounts of time setting all kinds of ridiculous records injecting himself with e coli and cure himself just with his mind although that was a little bit exaggerated but he can do pretty amazing things but scott despite being a huge proponent of the wim hof method and and if you don't know wim hof is go look him up he's bonkers this big ice man guy and and hugely popular and a fascinating clearly impressive person uh, and i say bonkers in a, in a, in a nice way and we have this discussion now, Scott and I, about the dangers of the Wim Hof method because a lot of people have gotten in touch with Scott who feels a little bit guilty about pushing women into the world. Um, a lot of people got in touch to say that their family members, their friends have died through drowning because people are trying to do this breathing method, which is separate to the ice stuff, but they're doing it underwater or in the ice or under the ice. And the idea is you try to make yourself hyperventilate or whatever. You know, it sounds ridiculous because, you know, people are found in these like meditation, meditating positions underwater and having drowned. Absolutely insane. We're going to talk about the benefits of, of the Wim Hof method. We're going to talk about the cultishness of it. And we're going to talk about the deaths. So it's a fascinating episode, in, in my opinion. I was really fascinated to talk with Scott. Do check out Scott Carney's YouTube channel. It's just his name, Scott Carney. And he's going to have a more in-depth expose of Wim Hof um, they've been sort of at loggerheads with one another uh, because Scott has been saying look you're teaching this stuff and it's very dangerous and you're not warning enough people lots of big episodes coming up on the way on the edge all that stuff but now you're on the edge of the Wim Hof method and a lot of drowning deaths with Scott Carney Scott, tell us a little bit, for those who don't know, 
little bit about Wim Hof. So Wim Hof is the reason why my Instagram feed is full of people jumping into ice water. Uh, why why breath work, this idea of like hyperventilating and holding your breath and various types of breathing have gotten so amazingly popular in the last 10 years. Uh, he is called the Iceman. Uh, and I was the first journalist to write about him uh, on an assignment from Playboy in 2013. The article ran in 2014. And at that point, you know, Wim was basically a circus act in the world, but he had this idea that he had this breathwork and cold exposure protocol that would let you take control of your um, anxiety, your autoimmune illnesses, and sort of reverse all sorts of problems. And I thought he was going to be a cult leader who was going to get people killed because I've written books like this one, The Enlightenment Trap, about how people go crazy searching for superpowers and how that gets them dead. And one of the superpowers I wrote about was people like sitting on icebergs and like in Himalayan mountains and controlling their heat and melting the snow with their body heat. And I thought that was a total lie. So I flew out to meet him in 2013 and... I, and, you know, because I'm an anthropologist, because I'm an investigative journalist, I don't go in there just saying, like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> but I, I, I try the method and, and then I sort of like break things down. But I tried his method and it worked. It was insane. It, within a week, I was climbing up a mountain in my bathing suit. It was like super cold. I think it was um, two degrees Fahrenheit, which in Celsius is, I have no clue, very cold. And, um, and, I was hot. I would sit on the banks of this, these rivers and the snow would literally melt around me and I was my mind was blown. And eventually I wrote this book, which is right behind me. It's called What Doesn't Kill Us, about how to use cold exposure and breath work to do awesome things. And I climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro. It was negative 30 on the top of the mountain. Uh, and that's the same in Celsius and Fahrenheit. It's super cold. Oh. And that's where those two, two numbers meet. Interesting. <laughs> And um, I wasn't warm, but I was alive. And I found that by exposing myself to these sort of um, heat and cold changes that I was able to sort of like reinvigorate, you know, latent powers that every human has um, from ev evolutionary. It wasn't like prana coming from heaven, like brrr, coming into me and like making me awesome. There's like real science behind this stuff. So whim... I wrote about him for Playboy. It was a huge piece. And then all of these other like podcasters like Joe Rogan and Vice Magazine and Yes Theory, these like really big uh, shows uh, also covered him because they read my piece. And then Wim grew from like when I went to his first training session, there were three people there, me and two other guys. Now he's this international superstar with millions and millions and millions of people following him. And the method does work. Like it changed, like seriously, I had an autoimmune illness that went away. Like there's really cool stuff here. But the reason why I'm on this show with you right now has nothing to do with that journey. Okay. If you, if you Google Wim Hof and like awesome Wim Hof, put that into Google and you'll see all this awesome stuff. And a lot of that awesome stuff is true. But one of the main takeaways in my book is that Wim Hof, he may be like a prophet in the sense that he opened up people to these ideas, but he's also a madman. And he is, he is, his, the fame is too like powerful for him. And there's this real problem where people 
are doing his method, and his method, just to explain it to you, is hyperventilation. So you breathe really fast for like 30 to 50 breaths, and you get really dizzy and lightheaded. And then you hold your breath, you exhale, and you hold your breath, and you find that you could hold your breath for a really long period of time. And there's physiological reasons for this. The first time I did it, I was holding my breath for three minutes doing this technique, and it's always very surprising for people how that works. But the thing is, Wim is known for doing these icy feats in ice water as well, where he jumps into ice water and, you know, stays there for a long period of time and heats himself, and that's all really cool. You know, it sort of looks like that, right? That sort of idea. Um, and because he is conflated and people misunderstand that, that they, they know there are these two pillars, breath work and ice immersion. They know that these things are part of it. They start to practice them together. And Wim teaches this together. And the problem with that is that if you hyperventilate and hold your breath, it's actually a very efficient way to drown. And lots of people are drowning because of this. And so I just released this video. It's on my YouTube channel. Uh, and, and, you know, you can see I've documented everything. It's like very well organized. And you can see that he's still, te he's still teaching people to hyperventilate on water. And I've documented about 13 people who have died doing this method. Uh, and I, I think my sample is actually skewed probably a little low because I found them through news reports and tips by people contacting me. Most of these people are in California, which is weird because Wim has like millions and millions of followers. And I don't think it's just Californians who make these errors, right? It's got to be a global thing. And, uh, and the reason why I'm you know, talking to you and trying to get this word out to people is because if you know somebody who's doing the Wim Hof method, you need to tell them never to do it in water. It's a real problem. And I feel responsible to a big degree having been the person who made Wim Hof who he is, having been his chief proponent for 10 years. I've done 300 media appearances about him, all rah, rah, let's go Wim. And it's apparent that there are real problems um, with this method. And I think it, a lot of it stems to some of the things that you do on this channel, which is you talk about sort of this thing that cult leaders do. And I'm not necessarily calling Wim a cult leader. I think the word has some problems with it. But I will say that as you get more famous, you get more isolated, you start believing your own crap, and you, and, and you don't have peers to sort of like, you know, explain to you that maybe you're not right about everything. And he is, uh, you know, he sells this course on his website. It's $99. It's called the Classic Wim Hof Breathing Course or something like that. Uh, and in week eight, he explicitly teaches people hyperventilate in water, put your mouth head in the water and, you know, stay there for a long period of time. And when you, when you, when you scale that up to the millions of people who are downloading these courses, you know, he was making, you know, he, they told me that his organization told me that he was making a million dollars a month selling video courses. So I estimate that's around 10,000 courses a month. You know, how many of people who take these lessons end up drowning? And uh, it's a real that that is why I am here talking to you. And uh, and this is a, a big oh, oh, and there's a sixty seven million dollar lawsuit filed against him in uh, Los Angeles for the death of a 17 year old girl. So that's a lot. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to untangle, <laughs> isn't there? There's so much because I'm aware that maybe half the people watching because Wim Hof is a big YouTube name. Maybe half the people will be very familiar with Wim Hof yes. and will even have tried his things. And then half will be like Wim what? So, yes. mm -hmm. OK, 
here's I'm very very skeptical as a person. I know people say they're skeptical, but I really and and, and part of being skeptical is that nothing ever works on me. I went to the chiropractor, and like as soon as I go in and they say things like I hey I know exactly what's wrong with you. I can heal you. I'm like I'm out. Like, I know you're not going to be able to do it, and they never can. My neck hurts. It always hurts. And then everyone has a you know this will heal you. This will do nothing. Nothing that's like outside of normal things. Sure. Well, actually, even normal medicines never, never work. Nothing ever works on me. It's really frustrating. So I feel like this wouldn't. But I imagine you, you, you are a proponent, despite what you're saying about the the bad stuff about Wim Hof, which we'll get onto in more detail later, and the things that have happened and the deaths. Um, I imagine. Would you say I could? Could my back pain, my neck pain? Could I? Could I help myself with the Wim Hof method? Okay, you have opened up a fascinating can of worms, and I have a lot to say about. Uh, that I, um, I am a, a a daily practitioner of the Wim Hof method, the ice baths, the breathing, that whole thing. Um, I sometimes consider myself a professional bather. Like you know, I I do it. This stuff works for me. Um, but you know, if you if you if your listeners want to go into like sort of depth in this, I have a podcast called Scott Carney Investigates where I talk about how medicine and in particular the placebo effect works. You know, the placebo effect is often a dirty word in medicine. Like it's it's sort of like, well, that's just placebo. Like you know, we don't have a, a, by which they mean there's no mechanism that is direct that is related to that pill going down and fixing your pain receptors or whatever it is, but it's actually sort of the power of belief. Now, what you said to me is you just said that you have, um, you're basically like, I'm out. I don't believe your crap and whatever. And, and there's actually this other effect called the nocebo effect, which is the opposite yeah. of the placebo effect. And if you think that your treatment is going to do poorly, it correlates with poor outcomes. And you, and you find that people who are able to accentuate the placebo effect are able to um, you know, they're easier to hypnotize, they're e op more open to suggestion, and there's some good and bad obvious aspects of that. Um, but pain doesn't occur in your neck, right? Pain occurs in your brain because your neck, your brain is in here and it's connected to your body through peripheral nerves. And it comes in only as signal. Now, there, it doesn't mean that you don't, you couldn't have damage or something going on in your neck, but the actual experience of pain happens in your brain. And that has to do with both cognition and perception. So if you're able to change your perception of the stimulus of pain, you're actually able to control it. So your experience turns better. And if that's the placebo effect, that's fine with me. I don't mind that. Mm. Um, you just yeah. don't want the placebo effect to get you to the point where you're a, like a, a mindless cult follower, getting yourself into a lot of trouble. So there's a balancing <laughs> Uh, act there certainly yeah. to to deal with that so interestingly enough the reason why the Wim Hof method works uh, you know is that the sensation that comes into your body when you jump into ice water or right, or you're hyperventilating you're holding your breath those sensations are very very strong right you could, if you think about of a volume dial you've you're jumping into ice water you turn that up to 10 right you're like oh my god like i don't Everyone listening is like, I, don't, I would never jump into ice water, right? So you had this idea right now that I would never do that. So you've already signaled it as negative. But when you jump into the ice water and then you relax and you tell yourself, no, this is okay. Like I can do this. This is fine. And you start like willfully changing your responses to that real and objective stimulus. You start to have some power to change the way you perceive the world. And that has these enormous autoimmune 
uh, effects in your body. And it's not just the Wim Hof method that does it. There's actually lots of ways to break into this system, but the Wim Hof method is an efficient way to do that. And I wrote the book, What Doesn't Kill Us About That? And then I went on to it a little bit more, which you can only see the bottom of my neighbor, but this book called The Wedge, where I talk about putting yourself in strong stimulus and then changing the way you think about that stimulus, which actually does create physiological changes in your body. Because if normally you jump into ice water and you're dropping adrenaline and cortisol and all these things, and instead you say, no, it's okay. I can do this. You actually don't drop those same hormones. You don't actually drop that, those same stress responses. You actually do, like it's mind over matter, in a way that's not levitating. It's just like mind over matter in a, a very normal way, a very normal physical way. So there are really cool things here and I never want to undermine that. But I do wanna say that when you get involved with this, you have to remain sane. Like you have to know that there's some limits to when you push on these boundaries. And what Wim Hof's sort of subtitle to one of his books is, Push, pushing past perceived limits, right? So it's this very sort of macho thing, right? We're pushing past perceived limits. We're gonna do the hard thing. We're gonna jump into ice water and we're gonna get past it. Like, and it's like this constant self-improvement, um, which to some degree can expand your range for where you can do something. But if your goal is to push past perceived limits, eventually you're gonna push past them, right? <laughs> eventually you're gonna do it. And that's why people are hurting themselves. That's why people are drowning. That's why I get emails about people who've had seizures doing this stuff. Is, so they, they sort of lose the, the concept of like how far you should actually push. And then the, one of the problems is that Wim is now so famous. He is such a big deal that people look at him as if he's infallible. You know, I call them a prophet and a madman, but people just see the prophet. And I think that if you don't realize your profit's also mad, you're going to end up in trouble. He's certainly making profits. Um, but, you <laughs> yes. know, I, I, I think a little bit like um, uh, with, with all of these things, uh, with hypnotism, as you say, some people are more susceptible than others. And yep. I, I gather that that's actually nothing to do with someone's intelligence or anything like that. It's just some people are more susceptible than other people. And I'm not. And it really upsets me. When I've been to see Darren Brown, I wanted like my hands to stick together when he did that and they, they, they didn't happen. Uh, I want to experience these things. I Never, they never work for me. Wim Hof, of course, has so many famous proponents as yes. Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson and all mm -hmm. these people. They really go for it. Quite mm -hmm. sort of down-to-earth people, quite sceptical people in their own mm -hmm. right. So it does make me sort of wonder if it could work for me. For Just very briefly, because I don't want to get into the weeds too much, because people can go and check out your channel, of course, to find out a little bit more. But let's say somebody who's listening to this or, or watching this, never heard of Wim Hof, they want to get started. What's the kind of thing they'd be doing for the first week, you know, to do the Wim Hof method? It's pretty easy. It's like, you know, there's, there's a, you should probably watch a YouTube video, maybe even Wim's own YouTube video about the breath work. Then it's basically hyperventilation, exhaling and holding your breath. And then you hyperventilate, exhale, hold your breath. And you do that a bunch of times. Um, it looks like this for 50 oh breaths. God. Yeah. And, and, and you do it lying down. Um, you don't do it in the water, driving vehicles, air, flying aircraft. You do it lying down in your bed, right? And then you hold your breath and you find that you're able to hold your breath for a long period of time. And we can go into the physiology if you care about that. But um, there's also there's sensations in your body that feel euphoric and good. And and it's what you, the meanings you assign to those sensations that are important. Like if you say, 
If, if, if you're feeling tingling and you're like, oh my God, I'm out of control, I'm going to have a, a panic attack, you might have a panic attack. And if you think to yourself, oh my God, I'm having these great feelings, I might have these great feelings. So that set and setting aspect of this is pretty important. Um, so there's that, that, there's that hyperventilation side. And the other intro thing to do is go into your shower and take a cold shower, like super simple. And in the shower, instead of like going, oh, this is the worst thing in the world, you say, Oh, well, it's not awesome, but I can do it. Oh, actually, it feels good. And then you, you, you're releasing these good hormones and, and reactions to the cold that are physiologically normal, and then you're reassigning them a different meaning. Uh, and, and it becomes a way to change the way you react to environmental stimulus and also emotional stimulus. So it's actually very, very good. The thing is, do that entry-level stuff, and you're good. Like, there's no problem bon voyage, like enjoy it, read my book, look at whim stuff, whatever, like it's good for you. The problem is, is when we start cranking that forward and cranking that forward into a thing where you think that I can be a Superman. And Wim's image in the world is of this guy, the Iceman, the, the guy who climbs Mount Everest in his shorts and no shirt on, which incidentally, he didn't make it to the top of Everest. He made it up to base camp. Yeah. So, ooh. Um, you know. Pretty and, good though. And he got frostbite, you know. So, uh, you know, or he like has this record supposedly of, of swimming underneath Arctic sea ice and, you know, and he's, you know, a long distance and that plays all the time on his videos. And the thing is the first time he tried that, he almost died. He passed out underwater and was rescued. And, and, and yet we still hold him on a pedestal for that. And the thing is, is that Wim keeps on pushing himself to his limits and hurting himself. And we don't need to continue to do that. And let me tell you this other story, because I think this is one that you will find interesting. When I put out my book, What Doesn't Kill Us, one of the problems was, you know, at that point, ice work and breath work wasn't all that popular. And so I had this conversation with my editor. I was like, we have some less than savory stories about Wim Hof. What do we do with them? Like, should we run them or should we like leave them out? And, you know, Mark Weinstein, who was my editor, who also ended up um, ghostwriting his autobiography later, Wim Hof, because people, famous people don't write their own books, as you might know. Um, we agreed that we should take out two stories that I'm now going to recount to you right here. The first hmm. story was, so Wim Hof is the worst parent in the world, right? Uh, now, maybe not the world, but one of the worst parents out there. After his wife, Olaya killed herself in Pamplona in 1995. And this is a tragic story. It's recounted quite frequently. Wim Hof was broken. He had four children. He went, moved back to Amsterdam. And, in, and I believe it was, two th uh, sorry, 1998. He shacked up with another woman. I think she was in The Hague or Rotterdam. And he left, he abandoned his children for 10 years and didn't see them for 10 years. And in that time, like they were living in a squat house in Amsterdam and the oldest son, Anum, was raising these children. Uh, pretty bad dad move. I think we can agree. Uh, we took this story out because we didn't want people to be like, oh man, what a terrible father. But the story gets even worse. So as, in that 10 year period, Wim is getting a little bit known as sort of a circus act performer, right? He does some stunts, tries to get some Guinness Book of World Records. He's on some sort of like schlocky TV shows, like suspending himself from a hot air balloon by one finger, like these sort of stunts. Uh, and uh, at the same time, he hasn't seen his children and 
and eventually he breaks up with his new wife, Caroline, and he's $30,000 in debt to his government. And then he's like, oh man, well, maybe I do want to get back in touch with my children, right? For whatever reason. And he gets in touch with them. And the first one he talks to is Anum, who's the son who was taking care of the family. And Anum, if you want to look at his videos, and I sort of have these quotes out there, but Anum says, you know, I hadn't seen my dad in 10 years, but he was getting really famous. So I was going to make a website and maybe I could essentially, you know, use his fame to make a profitable business. And Anum did. He made this corporation called Inner Fire. Anum never doesn't practice the ice bathing or breath work or other things, but he's really interested in building this business, which was admittedly successful. And the other thing that we, and, 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 you know, he sort of paid off Wim's debt and then he owns this corporation, he sort of runs it. And Wim, um, as far as I can tell, is basically an employee of this corporation. So that's a little weird. He doesn't run his Instagram feed. He says he's never been on his website. So there's that, the image. But now here's the other bananas thing. So worst dad in the world. In 2008, he meets his son, Michael. Hasn't seen him for 10 years. He sent him a note. He's like, hey, Michael, I want to hang out with you. You know, let's, let's, let's mend this fractured relationship. And Michael, I believe, is probably around 15-ish at this time. It's a guess. Uh, Wim goes to Vondel Park in Amsterdam. They've arranged a time to meet. And because Wim is, I don't know, Dutch, crazy, he gets there early and he, and, and, and he swims out into the fountain in Vondel Park, which is like one of those spurty fountains that goes up into the, into the, the you know, high, I don't know, 10 feet, 20 feet in the air. And he goes over and goes up to the middle of the fountain where the fountain is spurting and gives himself an enema. He sits on the spout of the fountain and he says he's done this a hundred times before. I don't know if that's true. And yeah. that they do, had, do you know, do we know this happened? Just, just I, I I'm have just audio. Checking. It's in my video. I have audio of him telling me the story. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. 
To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. So he sat on that and then that, that, that spigot went right through his intestines and cut his intestines like a water knife. And oh. all he was cut like up, in, up, up into here and he swims back to the shore bleeding out of his anus, right? Blood and shit coming out into the water, dirty water, and he gets up to, and Michael is there, and the first time he's ever seen his son in 10 years, he tells him, take me to the hospital. And this story is bananas, right? This is, this is a guy, and I asked Wim, I was like, so did you do this because you wanted to hurt yourself, right? Like, like, because it doesn't make sense to me if you've done this a hundred times before, why was it this time that you hurt yourself? And my, my, I'm thinking that it's probably because he, you know, feels guilty about not seeing his son. He's going to make a physical manifestation of his sorrow to his son. And he, and he tells me like, you know, sometimes you get this idea in your mind that you want to kill yourself, like get this shit out. And so this is the guy that millions of people are following to push their limits. Well, and you, if you look at any photo of Wim, you can just, like you see him shirtless, you'll see this giant scar where his belly button isn't there. It's a big canyon in his, in, in, in his abdomen because he gave himself a near fatal enema to make up with his son. Now that he has done this, maybe neither here nor there. Maybe you're like, okay, well, he's a little bit of a wild and crazy guy. I, I don't know. But like, add this up to a, this is the man that people follow. He's so famous. His image is so curated now that we're not talking about these negative stories. And I feel very bad that I didn't include that story in What Doesn't Kill Us because we haven't, you know, when the media presents Wim Hof's message to the world, they rep, they present this overwhelmingly positive story. This guy who defied the science and showed that you can control your anxiety and autoimmune stuff. And we post him on this pedestal of like this almost infallible guy who is actually so smart, he's smarter than science. So you should do his stuff. And now he's teaching things that can get you hurt, can get you killed. And, and I felt like I could have done a better job in what doesn't kill us, drawing attention to that. Uh, and... And and this is why I mean honestly this is why I'm coming out now this is why I'm coming out to all to everyone is that once I started looking into the deaths that were out there you know six months ago I thought there were four or five and now I'm up to about thirteen that I found and and my guess is that now that this information is out there that I'm going to get a lot more because I think my sample is probably skewed.
I, I, so this is really interesting. I'm hearing a lot of this for the first time. I like to do that in these interviews and be as surprised as many of the viewers and those kinds of things. So Wim Hof is, I mean, one thing we know for sure is a fa- is that he's a fascinating character. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of that is not so bad, and I think you, you're saying that as well. It's like he's a bad dad, and he might not have wanted to see his kids, and he hasn't seen them. I mean, that's fairly common with a lot of men and women, and that, mm-hmm. that happens. It's not the worst thing ever. But then I'm reminded of stuff like I know jo- Jordan Peterson. He's not that popular with everyone i get it plurality of opinion but he says you know make your bed you got to make your bed um you know and if you can't make your bed if you can't sort your own life out that's fine as well but i don't know if you're then the perfect sort of role model to follow for that many millions of people to follow so that's all a bit awkward and i'm really torn here because my my sort of cult spidey senses are tingling i do a lot of work on cults and there are loads of red flags there's sort of this origin story of a very deep sadness that happened to him and then he was able to recover from it from this sort of breathing again it's it seems at least at the beginning i'm sure almost too easy and too you know a lot of placebo a lot of group think is required for this to work like we're all in this together we're all doing this wim hof thing and it's it's making it work um there's a lot of that stuff going on and then and, and by the way if anyone's gonna i know that i'm just gonna get loads of angry comments going he's not a cult leader and it's so funny because people don't realize that that just makes the person seem like a cult leader whereas if they reasonably just said well i get what you're saying but here's the rational reason why i don't think that's right you're like oh okay but when is the the vitriol in the comments you're like well you're not helping his case um on the and, and, and by the way i should just add that i think i think that i personally am subscribed to the belief that that things are cultish so it's like a spectrum you know scientology might be a 10 or heaven's gates a 10 whereas maybe wim hof somewhere on that spectrum and that's what we're trying to maybe work out if you look at the definition of cult it's it, it it's like it, not everything is heaven's gate, right? And 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 people see they see that when you say the word, you think the ten. It's the the definition of cult is more like undue um, faith put in an individual. Like it's 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 much lower. I mean, I, I I got my master's and almost my PhD in anthropology. I dropped out at the dissertation, and you know, the there, there's the cult of Mary, which is actually sort of a religion, you know, and it's and the 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 word cult often gets conjoined with like the Manson family and uh, you know Jonestown and these terrible things where all these people die in like mass suicides and that is not Wim Hof but people as you say are sort of cultish about him which means they're sort of not looking at evidence anymore they're not thinking about what they're actually doing and they've given away some of their own rationality to the image or the idol of a figure and in this case you know, that's putting a lot of trust, undue trust in somebody uh, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And that, that's what makes it all, all complicated. And, and the, the other thing, is, typical of cult leaders, is these stories sort of start to grow around an individual. Right. And when you look really closely, they're not entirely true. And you obviously mentioned um, a couple of those feats about swimming underwater and climbing Everest in his bare feet. I mean, which weren't exactly how a lot of people remember them. They're still remarkable feats. They're sure. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was the being injected with E. coli, um, which I then looked into further and found that, again, it's, it is still quite remarkable, but it wasn't E. coli as in, and again, I don't, understand, I don't have a full understanding of this, but it was some academic had written a whole paper about it saying it still is remarkable. He was injected with E. coli and didn't then sort of get bad or whatever, but it wasn't actually the kind of E. coli that would give you E. coli. It was just, it was just something that was going to give you inflammation and he didn't get inflammation. That's a great point because he says things like, I can win the war on bacteria, right? That's one of the things that 
that's a line that he drops a lot. Uh, and that particular study was heat killed E. coli bacteria. So something, it was a, a, a substance called endotoxin, which provokes an immune response. So when you take that injection, you will have fever and chills and aches in your bones. And what, what, the, what they were testing was whether Wim could consciously turn off his immune reactions. And so the, the, the paper was amazing because what it showed that is that he could essentially turn down his immune system from attacking itself, which is hugely important for arthritis, Crohn's disease, lupus, anything that's sort of like autoimmune or even anxiety related. He actually showed something that had never been proven in science before. And that was really, really cool. But you're, as you say, it's not, I wouldn't, if you inject yourself with a bacteria, you have gangrene, don't Wim Hof your way out of it, take some freaking antibiotics. And, and I think that it is this casual conflation of, of really interesting and awesome scientific advances that are cool with him. And then the hype that grows up around it. And it's a problem with a lot of things in this world. Like, you know, there's a lot of health interventions that have a kernel of truth to them and that we should double down on and we should like actually look into them. Like, look, this was impressive, but don't go so far that you're suddenly like giving yourself a crystal enema with coffee grounds and thinking that's going to give you enlightenment. Like there's, there's a spectrum here and Wim Hof is on it and he's impressive and I stand by it and I'm a daily practitioner of it. Just don't, become insane absolutely there are other things as well he talks about the soul and things like that and that just doesn't do it. just it's personal taste i know a lot of people listening will like that stuff personally i want these people i want him to say you know how is this working oh maybe it's placebo okay well if it is tell me how that works and i'm gonna do it but don't tell me it's the soul leaving the body and stuff like that it doesn't doesn't work look as to your point about um the dangers and what's happened to people um do, do you, I've heard that Wim Hof does sort of say, look, you know, don't do this in extreme condition. Or what, what has he said? I think he's, I think he has said sometimes. It's the crux of my video, really, is that, you know, everyone will note, you know, people who are in this method a long time note that there are warnings on his website, on his YouTube channel saying, do not do this in water. Don't do this while driving a car, flying an airplane. Like it's right there in the top of their descriptions, right? In the, in the, in the basic breathing. It is there. The warnings have been issued. The problem is, is that Wim continues to teach those things that he's warning against. And in his eight-week course... Uh, it's legal. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's probably a legal thing, right? And, but if you actually see what he's actually doing, like in one video, it's the eight-week course um, that he teaches. So you pay 100 bucks and you do his method, gradually increasing it for eight weeks. And it's 10 weeks in total. And eight, in week eight, he says, he brings this other chap into the water. I use chap because you're English. You like that? Okay. Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he brings them into the, uh, the, uh, like an icy pond and he teaches them to hyperventilate in water and then put his face in the water, which is the recipe for shallow water blackout. And in the description next to it, like right next to his face, in, in the description, it says, Wim Hof is not teaching someone to hyperventilate in water and, and, and immerse. He's not doing that. This is something else, which is like, don't believe your lying eyes because the reality is, is right there he's doing it. And, and as recently as January of this year, 2023, there's a video that's circulating of Wim taking 30 people into the same icy pond and he leads them in 12 deep hyperventilation breaths and they all put their face in water and, you know, for 20, 30 seconds or something like that, which in that group 
it's probably not a big deal. Like, you know, if your friend is drowning right next to you, if your arm over him, you're going to be able to pull him out. Sure. But the message is that you should conflate these practices and there's no health benefit to doing that. And so that's the problem is like, like whim is perhaps so ego driven now. So solipsistic, which means sort of inwardly focused, right? So that, that he doesn't have the, wherewithal to realize that people will follow him off a cliff if he jumps off a cliff, right? And in fact, they do that in that, in that, in that same retreat, right before they did the, the hyperventilation in water, a hundred people all jumped off a cliff with him into his little um, pond. And according to one of the Wim Hof method instructors that I know who's taught there, they don't have AEDs, they don't have backboards, they don't have first aid equipment here. And you have a hundred people jumping off like a 30 foot cliff, 10 meters, uh, 30 foot cliff into the water. And well, you should have some safety instructions. You should think that maybe if I push my limits, I could hurt myself. And, and I'm not even asking for much here. I'm, I'm just asking whim to follow his own protocols and his own warnings. And it's not happening. And it's so easy to conflate breath work and water work when you start looking at that picture right? That picture, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, of course I should do it to heat myself up, right? Of course I should do it. But that's not what the method actually is. So I'm trying to save, if you want to just put the highlight here, I'm trying to save the Wim Hof method from Wim Hof, right? I am trying to to say, look, this is good. And that guy has gone off the rails. Yeah. I mean, again, that also sounds a bit culty because a lot of the cults, I'm thinking Scientology and things, they actually have some really good philosophy in there. They have some sure. really good stuff in there. It's just there's low, I mean, otherwise no one would join. It makes no sense at all. Right. But also what you're saying speaks to something you've said to me before and something I think we know about these kind of placebo-y, culty uh, practices. They do tend to help, but it tends to be a bit temporary. And eventually you have to push yourself. That's why he ends up jumping off a cliff. You know, I did that documentary about exorcism. You know, these women had psychological disorders and they were cured through exorcism and they really were cured it was amazing but a year later I went back and this woman's like I'm getting a, like 10 exorcisms this week and it's like because it's oh, never enough you've got to get yeah. more and more and more right it's never enough stuff so that's what's going on I suppose Tom Cruise big cult Scientology guy right every mission impossible the budget doubles and doubles and doubles he's now riding a helicopter at 60 yeah. years old jumping out of right, it and right. all this mad stuff right. it's never you need that next thrill and I suppose that's the problem with, with all of this well I actually I don't I don't think that's necessarily true if you practice rationally and I think this is where you have to sort of extricate it from its cultishness because the practices do work I've been doing them for 10 years and but I don't have a, a super inflated idea of what they will do like I'm not thinking to myself this is going to cure cancer and you know make me have sex for 40 hours a week and you know whatever you know make me rich like I'm not I don't have those inflated understandings I have the understanding this is good for me this makes me feel better and I hope there's some sort of like health benefits there. And I do, I think I can even document a lot of these health benefits. Um, you know, in, in What Doesn't Kill Us, I, I had scientists study me and I, I found that there's, some, there's documented stuff here. But one of the things that you need to do in a cult is the constant upsell, right? You know, he's bringing in all these people and at some point, 
you know, ice water and breath work, you ask, well, well Wim, what's level two? Wim, what's, what, where's level two? And that's when level two shows up. And he has this thing called DMT breathing, uh, which is basically hyperventilate till you pass out. Um, and, you know, when you're passing out, you'll have the psychedelic experience, which you do. You have it. I've done it. I've had that psychedelic experience. But who cares? Like, what does that mean? And, and you know, to the point you're raising, this woman who says she has 12 exorcisms this week, <laughs> I, I know a person who's doing that with like ayahuasca right now, like a good friend of mine who I really, I really like this friend, but she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, a, I, you know, I, I, I go to psychedelics to solve my trauma. And now next week I'm going to Peru and I'm going to do, and she names like eight psychedelic drugs, some of which I'm aware of. And some of them are like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. And I've written books about psychedelics. Like I know a lot about that stuff. And, and it's that constant searching. And one of, you know, Brian McKenzie, who's a, a famous breath work, and he wrote this book, Power, Speed, Endurance, he once told me, is like, well, when you meet those people and they're like, they keep on going back to goddess ayahuasca, like, what are you at? What, what have you not found yet? Like, like, you know, you do it once and maybe you're going to have that experience and you'll integrate it and you'll actually have these useful experiences. But if you don't take anything away with it, it doesn't create lasting change. Then you're just a drug addict. And that is the, that's the, the, the thing with all of this stuff is like, you need to, you are still the pilot, right? You're still having to pilot your own thing. And, and you don't want to just create these addictions. You know, I was talking with a guy named Andrew Huberman. I don't know if you've run across him. He's a famous neuroscientist. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of a buddy of mine. And one of the things that I thought he was very wise that he said is that addiction is the progressive narrowing of things that give you pleasure. Which I was like, well, that's like the awesomest, the easiest definition ever, right? So if, if, like, if, if Wim Hof becomes your one thing, or Scientology becomes your one thing, or searching for Bigfoot becomes your one thing, I don't know, whatever it is, you have put yourself in a cultish mindset. And, and, and you get to a point where that thing has been totemized and becomes all powerful and all important. And you lose, you become a spiritual bypasser. You sort of lose perspective on things. And I think it, it holds true for everything you had just said, your exorcism, you know, all of these groups, there are benefits, right? Anytime you try something new, you have the law of diminishing returns, which means at the beginning, it's the law of speedy gains. You get in there and you get doing cool things. And like you, you, you join that cult and everyone loves you and you feel great. And there's like these people who get you and like, that's awesome. That's legitimately awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when you take that next step and they upsell you to the next thing. That's the problem. It's such a weird thing to think about all of this because it's one of the few cases where I think this is a bit, you know, there are obviously some red flags and it's a bit whatever. And at the back of my head's going, but after this, I think I'm going to try some of this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get into totally. the win-off. You know, it sounds yeah. great. Um, yeah, I, what I, was, I, was, I think maybe what would be cool is to, I guess we should get on to some of the, some of the most egregious um, cases that have happened. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. When you conflate breath work and water work, you get the you get this dangerous effect called shallow water blackout. And it is a well-known problem, physiologically understood, because you hyperventilate, you blow off your CO2, your carbon dioxide, which is what, you know, you exhale carbon dioxide and you inhale um, air. And, uh, and your body, for whatever evolutionary reason, doesn't detect oxygen levels when you need to take a gasp, right? So when you're holding your breath, it's not because you have low O2 in your body, it's because you have exhaled CO2 in your lungs and bloodstream, and your body detects that CO2. 
So when you hyperventilate, you blow off your CO2. And then it's a, it's like turning off the alarm in your in your kitchen when you're cooking something smoky. Like you can't detect that you that you have to, that you're running out of oxygen, so you just pass out like that. Like it just happens. You can't detect it. You're like <laughs> holding my breath, and then boom, oh. you, your your head hits the ground. On land, yeah, you might bruise your head. In the water, you drown because you you put your head down and then you inhale water and then you're over. So you know. The examples that I've found, like for instance, Andrew Encinas, who in 2019 was, he's a social media entrepreneur, like 27 years old. Um, he's been practicing the Wim Hof Method for a long time. He's taken videos of him doing the Wim Hof Method in water. Uh, and he goes to his brother's house on Labor Day. They're watching the football, which is American football. I know you're English, um, it, it, with the, the conical one. And, and they go, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, like American rugby. And yeah. they're watching football. And he says, hey, I'm going to go do the Wim Hof in the pool. So that's a pretty red flag right there. And then seven minutes later or so, um, his brother goes outside and sees him in like a meditative position in the shallow end of his pool, um, passed out. And he takes him out, does CPR, gets his heart beating. But by the time he gets to the hospital, he is brain dead and he's, he's an organ donor a few days later. That is a relatively common event um, and, uh, and, and various iterations of it are all over the place. Now, I will say with any sort of reporting on a drowning, it's difficult to know exactly what someone was doing right before they died, right? It's like, you know, because if they were, someone was watching them, they might not have died. And so I have, I have a few people who have been rescued. So they're doing the Wim Hof method in water and they're rescued and pulled out. And actually one guy spent four weeks on ECMO life support, which is like intense, like medically induced coma. And, you know, when he wakes up, he tells everyone, yeah, I was doing the Wim Hof method in water. Other cases are a little less clear. It's like someone who's like a no, they're like a lot of times they're like known Wim Hof method um, practitioners who are found drowned. And we have to sort of assume you have to sort of like piece some pieces together. And that's the lawsuit that's been filed in Long Beach, California, uh, where Wim Hof was served with a $67 million lawsuit about three weeks ago. And what happened in that case was that Madeline Rose Metzger, who was a 17-year-old, possibly autistic child, uh, had, you know, was getting ready to go to college at her father's house in Long Beach, California. And she, you know, she got in some sort of fight with her mother, not really clear what it was, but she was always about self-improvement, had been practicing the Wim Hof Method for years, may or may not have accessed the Wim Hof Method website right before this happens, puts on a bathing suit, goes into the pool she never uses, and is found dead later. The, the Metzger's attorneys are making the argument that she did the Wim Hof Method in water and, and that Wim Hof should be you know, punished for irresponsibly teaching, continuing to teach these methods, and they're seeking an injunction against the Wim Hof Method, which means they, that it should not be... They shouldn't be able to teach it in America um, ever again. And so that, that Wim Hof will go to court. Currently, the court date is scheduled for January 2024. Uh, and it's a big lawsuit. $67 million is a big lawsuit. Um, I don't know if, if they'll win the case, if they'll be able to prove that, that Wim is indeed liable. There's lots of legal questions that we don't know how they'll pan out. But I will say that upon looking at 
what Wim Hof has been doing for years, I think that there is something to it personally. You know, when I was on stage with Wim in 2017 in November, we, you know, there are 300 people in the audience. This is in Los Angeles, so in the same general area that the Metzgers were were practicing. Um, Wim, we get to the breathwork component. We have 300 people there. Everyone breathes. They're sitting in their seats and they they breathe until they're tingly, you know, as you normally do, and then. He says, hold your breath. And as he says, hold the breath behind me, he, the, the screen flips to him swimming underneath water, swimming underneath that ice pack, the, the most famous film of Wim out there. And so as they're holding their breath, they're watching Wim swim under that ice pack. That looks like to me, he's teaching directly an association between water work and breath work. And that is dangerous, in my opinion. It's so complicated, isn't it? Because again, like the whole way through this episode, I've got two parts of my head and one is going like, well, you know, if you if you do anything that's so popular that millions and millions or hundreds of millions of people around the world are doing it, they were all um, just statistically, you know, if there must be from that many people crossing the road, you know, people dying and, and then you go don't you don't close roads as a result so and, and i wonder about that lawsuit as well like you know why aren't they watching their kids and stuff like that and not, not that i don't mean to blame that family of course I, I don't know the full ins and outs and then the other part of me is going well this is a really you know he's he's got to be responsible or more responsible at least to stop conflating these two very dangerous ideas when they're put together so i don't know i don't know what we do with that I mean, you've spoken to him, haven't you? Have you spoken to Wim? Yeah. So let me read. I'm going to bring up on my computer one of the last messages I had with, um, about him, with him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I asked him, tell me about the drownings. Like, you know, he'd seen the video that because I posted a video of some of the stuff and uh, he said doing this is a direct quote so this is me doing Wim Hof here doing five studies at the moment my focus is there look into baptism and the real meaning of it you might learn something I know what I do baptism the real one is shutting down or over controlling mind and activate deep healing mechanisms in the body not going to explain this physiologically not into competition sports here which is entertainment since the roman empire who killed an innocent man called jesus now when i when i read that message from whim to me and he knows i'm a reporter like there's this is on the record it sounds like to me that Wim Hof is maybe comparing himself to Jesus. And, you know, he, he also says the exact same thing you said is that many people drown in the world. Are you blaming them all on me? And no, I'm not blaming them all on Wim Hof. 
But I am saying that Wim Hof knows and has known since 2014 that people have been drowning and those drownings have been attributed to his methods. And because of that, he has put warnings on his website saying, don't do this in water. So he is aware of the problem. He has taken a corrective action to the problem. And yet he still continues to conflate hyperventilation and water. And that to me and plus the, the Jesus stuff, tells me that there is an issue here that we need to address. And, you know, I'm going out to you right now. You know, I, I'm go we're going very public here because I have approached him in private for years about this, right? And I'm sort of tired of getting emails from people saying, hey, my family member, my, this person I know has drowned doing the Wim Hof method. I'm a little tired of that. And I bear a small amount of responsibility here for helping inflate his image. Just like Joe Rogan has, Yes Theory, you know, the Outside Magazine, Men's Health Magazine, like all of, like, like Goop Lab, Gwyneth Paltrow, like he's been on all of those platforms and people are not correctly warning of the dangers. I'm also, I mean, that message you sent you sounded like some of the comments I get. I mean, most of the comments I get are lovely, but it's some of the comments I get in capital letters, all in capital letters with mad emojis at three in the morning from someone about baptism and the fire of hell and all this stuff. It, this sounds like he's really quite out there now. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is the problem with people who get very famous. They get isolated and they start believing their own stuff. Isolated. Ha-ha! <laughs> Pun. Um, but this, we mentioned this in our last um, conversation on your channel, which you should all check out after this video. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we mentioned this last time is that when uh, these, these cult and guru and famous people um, get very famous, they have a lot of yes-men underneath them, and they lose their peers, and they lose the ability to have sort of rational conversations, and, and it drives them to more extreme thinking. And in terms of like your typical cult leader, you know, who doesn't, no one talks to them anymore. They, 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 they're the enlightened one. They suddenly realize, and they all come to the same realization, that my penis knows the truth, and I'm going to go sleep with my beautiful students, because that's what is out there. And, and it's like, it's a trope. It goes back to the, the 1300s, at least, and probably way before then, you know, where we have these people who, who, because they are isolated and because everyone, and they're isolated because people think they're great, they follow their id uh, in most things. And Wim, to my knowledge, doesn't have any major sex scandals underneath him. He's actually sort of like a serial monogamist. He gets really into one woman and, you know, he has like nine children or something. And I don't know the exact count, but it's a lot of children. Should we, should we just clarify that? Because um, it's probably not even my, the way you said major could leave it open to speculation that there, there were some minor ones. And, and if there weren't, which I just, just want to be sure. Yeah, I mean, I've times. heard stories that were like, mm, like mildly um, uh, eyebrow raising, but nothing that's like criminal. I, I haven't heard anything that's criminal about him uh, in terms of any sort of sex things. Okay, just uh, bits of rumors and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, any legal people watching, we are not suggesting that there have been any scandals um, around Wim Hof in that sense. Yeah, I mean, like the stories that I've heard is like, you know, he shows up naked at one of his retreats and, you know, but I'm like, he's Dutch and Dutch people do that. And like, I don't know. They like, do. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, I, that's not where this is uh, coming from for me.
if I hear anything, I will and document it. Maybe I will do a different video, but nothing at the moment. I was thinking about something we were talking about earlier because, um, I, and I forgot to say it at the time, because it was about Andrew Huberman and uh, things taking, you know, if one thing's taking up all your time. And I meant to say at that point that Amanda Montel's book about cults, cultish, she sort of concludes at the end. I'm not giving, it's not really a spoiler because it's a nonfiction, so you, you know, read it anyway if people want to. Uh, but she concludes. Um, that if you're worried about being in a cult or joining a cult or anything like that, the, the answer isn't to not be in that cult anymore. The answer is to join many cults. And those cults oh, can be uh, yeah. Jumbo Juice or yeah. uh, the gym and like mm -hmm. football teams, soccer, whatever it is. And make sure your life is full of those kinds of different purposes because then you're right. never isolated. You're right. never just putting everything into one barrel. So I really liked uh, that. Yeah, that's very wise. And I, I have a similar message in, in The Wedge, right? This other book that I wrote, which is after doing the Wim Hof Method for like a long time, I was like, well, what other things can we try? And I try like, you know, I, there's some psychedelic stuff in there. There's hot heat. So I do like this long sauna and, I, and you know, there's some fear stuff. And like, it's really about picking lots of things to give yourself range uh, so that you have a more full life. Like, you know, we only have one life that we can live. Like, why not do a lot of things? Like, why be a hyper-specialist? There's no, I mean, I'm not a particularly religious person, right? I'm sort of on that maybe spiritual side of things, but I don't know that there's an afterlife, right? I, I generally assume if there is, it you should live a good life if you want to have a good afterlife, right? That's sort of more or less where I where I end up, which means... I should use the time that I have as best as I can and try a lot of different things. And, uh, and the afterlife can sort itself out when we get there. With regards to the Wim Hof method, you are an advocate of it. So is the, you know, if you want to give a message out to people now, is it as simple as just do not conflate those two things of the breath work and the ice underwater stuff? Well, it's also don't give away your free will to another person you know, trust yourself here, um, be rational and don't push past all your perceived limits, right? That's the, don't always go out for the most extreme thing. Realize that there are limits and you have to pull back way before then. And that's really the, the, the thing. And, and of course, don't hyperventilate in water. Ever. If you see someone hyperventilating water, tell them it's a really bad idea because that's how people drown. And even if you've done it once or twice successfully, it doesn't mean you'll do it successfully all the time. That's the, that's the big takeaway here. Um, you know, do your own thing, become, you know, try the method because I really am a huge proponent of cold water swimming of the, of this hyperventilation breath work, but also try many breath works because maybe this is not the one for you. There's another guy named Patrick McEwen, who is an Irish fella uh, from Galloway, who has this other method called the Oxygen Advantage, uh, which is the opposite of the Wim Hof method. It's basically breathing through your nose and, and re reducing, instead of where Wim Hof is very aggressive and like fiery, the other method is to go very slow and, 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 and internal. And they're both great methods that will lead you to improving your health. And I think that Patrick McEwen I just was having lunch with him a few days ago, is a totally rational dude. Like, very cautious, very smart, been doing this for a while, but he's not as exciting as Wim, right? And, and, and that is the great thing about Wim. He was exciting. He, like, made people really want to get into this and, and go out and do it. And I'm not anywhere near as charismatic as Wim. And, and yet, 
excitement maybe opens the door for you, but then use your brain. Yeah, it's a, this has been a great episode just because we're here to sort of, I suppose, expose a part of, of somebody and, and even suggest they might be a bit cultish, a bit on that cult leader thing. And at the same time, I'm thinking, yeah, I might give this a try. A lot of this stuff sounds all right. <laughs> Although the Patrick McEwen stuff you just said, that's that I really do want to try because you told me last time because I get a blocked nose. I need to start trying to do that mm. or unblock my nose and all those things. So I think it, I don't folks. want people to see this as like a, oh, yeah, Patrick McEwen. One. Yeah. And then there this you go, one. The breathing cure. And, and the oxygen, uh, advantage. oxygen advantage. I do need more oxygen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fascinating one. And I think what would be really interesting is I bet I've got, I bet the viewers now have got such a diverse array of experiences doing Wim Hof. So let me know in the comments, everybody. I am intrigued. Don't have a go at me. I don't need it. Just tell me, oh, no. But you know what? This is another opinion, that plurality yeah. of opinion. And go over to Scott Carney's amazing YouTube channel. It's not called Scott Carney's amazing YouTube channel. That would be a, 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 a good name though as well. It's just called Scott Carney. Um, and, and go and check out, it's, it's your latest video, isn't it? About, about that mm -hmm. just came out about the, this. It's more, more in depth. Yeah, the rise and fall of the Wim Hof method. And I will say there's a chance that Inner Fire, which is Wim Hof's company, tries to take me off the internet because they've tried this in the past. Uh, and they issue me these fake um, copyright strikes and it's a big mess. So there will be mirrors around my YouTube channel, which you will find and on my website. But I also have this podcast called Scott Carney Investigates, which is on all the podcast platforms. And uh, go check that out too, because it will be mirrored there and on Rumble and all over the internet. I don't know where it will be, but hopefully it's still on YouTube when you watch this video. Thank you, Scott Carney. That was absolutely fascinating. What a... Wow, there's so much I have to take in there. I might have to listen back again and again and again just to understand the whole thing. It's totally new... Uh, realm for me. I didn't know much about Wim Hof. I imagine a lot of you guys probably do and some don't. But if you do, you know, get in touch on Twitter and Instagram or write a thing and all that to, to let me know your thoughts. Follow the podcast, support the podcast on patreon.com slash Andrew Gold. And I'll see you now. Oh, no, I should say go to Scott Carney as well. Go to his YouTube channel and find out uh, a little bit more. It's a, it's a really fascinating channel. Um, yes. And that, that was all I needed to say, really. I'll see you guys next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.